0: Welcome to the Maverick House podcast. Today we are joined by Susan Aldis who has written various books entitled The Angel of Banquan Prison, Bangkok Boy and Lady Boys. Susan grew up in Melbourne where she was generally regarded as a rebellious young woman. However, she grew tired of that lifestyle, moved to Southeast Asia where she subsequently lived for 40 years and much of her life was dedicated to helping the poor. Susan, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. It's a real pleasure to be with you and an honour.
0: Susan, you have a long-standing relationship with Maverick House. Can you tell me how that came about?
1: Indeed, yes. Um, I would say it was rather supernatural, the timing. I was in the States at the time and coming back to Asia, and I walked into the prison, and the executioner, after greeting me, said, you're going to find me a publisher and I'm going to write my book in English. And I laughed and I said, okay, well, I guess I'm going to have to say a prayer for that. And then within a few days you contacted me and um, asked if I would be interested in writing my memoir. And I said, well, boy, do I have a story for you? And it's called The Last Executioner. And so you took on Mr. Chowelet's book and then eventually I decided this was a good thing to do and we took it from there. So it's been an amazing journey actually because I don't count myself as a writer. I'm more of an incidental writer but uh, everything I've been able to do with Maverick so far has been really amazing and it's been a real journey.
0: These books, many of them have become bestsellers. Um, I'm thinking of Bangkok Boy. I'm thinking of Lady Boys. Mm. Um, could you mm. tell me about Bangkok Boy? That is a very dark story. How did that collaboration yeah. happen with the author?
1: Yes. Now, this was really incredible, too. Um, Maverick had come to Bangkok, and we were looking into finding one lady boy to do this story for lady boys. and we went into, out into the sex industry at night and were searching and looking around and we met the protagonist for Bangkok Boy and he was what they call a ghost guide. So he can find or get you anything within the sex industry. And um, as we got talking to him, I just had this very strong foreboding feeling that, he's going to die and we need to do his story. And I suggested it to you and luckily you took it on and it, ha- it happened exactly like that. Even when we signed him up, we made sure he had a bank account so that his royalties could go to his family if he did die. And sure enough, halfway through, he was beaten close to death and no one knew if he would recover, and especially his men- mental faculties. And he did, and it became actually, through the writing of the book and the time spent with him, it became a real story of redemption, and because of the book and the work he put in, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, reflecting on his life, was the turning point for him.
0: Susan, could you maybe explain what that book is about and what the protagonist's story is?
1: Yes. Dow grew up in a very typical poor country boy and who was sexually abused by his teacher when he was young. And living in abject poverty, money was everything. Um, He made a series of very bad choices in his life. What was interesting about this was most people assume that male sex workers must be gay. Um generally I think he, if anything he was bisexual um he had two wives and he also did an incredible amount of drugs and drinking he was an alcoholic and he kept putting himself into ridiculously dangerous situations because he basically had no self-worth and as i said he came very close to dying Many of his friends died of AIDS, and his story is really traumatic, but at the same time, it's a real eye-opener to why people do what they do and the consequences of their choices, but also the power of being able to turn around too. So Bangkok
0: Boy has been a very successful book. It's been translated into Mm. German amongst other languages. Um and it's it's uh it continues to uh, sell around the world. Um, I I know it's on sale across Southeast Asia. It's also available to Mm -hmm. download. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, it it has always got attracted attention because it's um, Mm -hmm. I suppose given a very different view of uh, Thailand's sex industry, which brings me on to another book that you were involved in uh, Mm. uh, publishing which was Lady Boys, which has been uh, yeah. an incredible book in many ways because it has yeah. been uh, on this, in print for, I think, all mo- mo- more than a decade now. Can you talk to That's me, right. t- tell me what that book is about and how you got yeah. involved in it.
1: Right. So initially it was going to be one protagonist, but when we went out that night, I kept thinking this is not just a story about a sex worker because that's quite often what people think about when they think of ladyboys or the beauty pageants. I just thought there's such a variety of people. So I suggested could we do maybe 8 to 10 or 12 interviewees and you agreed and it turned out to be great because it was from business people to poor country girls who were basically looking after buffaloes and no education and working their ways to have a sex change, to a boxer who boxed her way as a male to championships so she could have a sex change. And um, we also were very fortunate in that we, one of our elders, she really had a historical perspective an incredibly rich historical perspective. And so we not only interviewed, you know, how people had in their sort of younger lives, but here we had a much longer, long-term historical perspective. So it was an incredible book. And to me, it was amazingly uplifting. These people were so forthright. Um, Some of them had changed laws. They challenged the norms. They'd overcome so much. And of all the people I've ever interviewed or talked with or even counseled through my volunteer work, there were some of the most honest and direct. And many of them said, this is the first time I've told my story to anyone. And even as they were telling it, they started to understand themselves better. So it was really journeys of self-discovery in many, many ways. How
0: did you find the people who participated in, who agreed to participate in that book? Um, uh, Sometimes people don't understand that this wasn't a case of people coming to you. You literally went out um, searching for suitable candidates. Would you tell me how that happened?
1: Yes, absolutely. At that time, too, um, I was working with Chai, my uh, Thai co-writer, and... He was hitting Maverick in Bangkok at the time, and he was working on Miss Bangkok, so that was about a female sex worker and her story. Um, we were doing Angel, we were doing Lady Boys and Bangkok Boy, and they were sort of overlapping, and the last executioner. So we were going into prison. We ended up in the police morgue. We were in brothels. We were in male sex shows, female sex shows. We would sit. Every night before we went out talking and meeting people, we'd sit in a beauty salon run by two lesbian hairdressers and they were sisters. And it was an incredible thing. I've always thought this would make a great sitcom because they would do the makeup and the hair of the girls and the lady boys before they went to work. So, And there was kids running around. We'd all just sit and eat together, talk together, chat together. And we formed friendships. And so they would recommend, why don't you go and see so-and-so? And And also um, we tracked down, because some of our uh, interviewees were quite well-known, the beautiful boxer, for example, she was very well-known, her story was well known So we contacted, you know, one would interview, and then we found the story of the first transgender woman to be admitted and allowed to be an air hostess. Um, so and then she'd recommend somebody else, and it, we seemed to. I think people trusted us, and they liked us, and they felt that we really wanted to give them a voice. And they, it's a small world, and so they'd recommend. And but it was a lot of work. We 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 were out day and night meeting people, and it was incredible, wonderful.
0: You also wrote. A book called uh, "The Angel of Banquan," which is yes. your own autobiography about your own story. Um, yes. that, w- that was obviously a very personal, um, uh, book yes. to write. It's it's you're not writing about other people; you're you're revealing yourself to the public. Um, yes. was that a cathartic process for you? Um, was that difficult? Some t- was that a difficult project for you to undertake?
1: It was many things. And for many reasons. It was cathartic, incredibly cathartic. I felt I just got so much out. And I didn't stop to think. I was very forthright and very honest and very vulnerable. And I think if I really stopped to think and count the costs, I may not have done it because I laid myself bare, very bare. But by doing so, it was cathartic, and I'm so glad I did. Another aspect of this that I don't think you're even aware of was I never saw myself as a writer at all. But I'm uh, non-neurotypical, and I'm dyslexic Mm -hmm. and dyspraxic, so I would have never thought of writing because I can't. My brain doesn't work that way. But because I was given this opportunity and it was done in such a way where I could dictate and then it would be transcribed and Nicola helped with that book, Um, something shifted in me and my confidence grew and I discovered through writing just what a wonderful tool I had to not only tell other people's story, give them a voice, but also for myself and to explore emotions, feelings and really work through things in my personal life. And this is something I've continued to use 12, 13 years on. So it's been so many wonderful things for me.
0: Susan, it's been so wonderful talking to you. You've now left Thailand and you're living in Australia once again. Uh, What are your plans for the future?
1: Uh, Good question. Actually, I'm starting to write a Series of short stories, vignettes, short stories, 1,500 words a piece, or roughly that, um, called An Arsenal of Optimism. And it's just short stories of people I've met, lessons I've learned, things I've seen throughout life. It's a legacy work um, for my daughter and grandchildren and friends. I don't know if I will publish it. Um, or just give it as gifts or what I'll do with it. But if I do publish it, I'll approach you. But um, I want it to be a gift. And it's also that continuation of analysis. And uh, after that, because I'm, like everyone in COVID, pretty much back in a lockdown situation, so it's a good time to write. And I'm just coming to where I can start doing that again. After that, I think when I can travel, I'm involved with a global health project. I work a lot with people at end of life, children and adults with disabilities. so I would like to be able to go to countries that are underserved underfunded, work with women and children, and continue to make a difference
0: well, Susan, it's been wonderful talking to you um this morning and um Good luck. You're, you're kind of a citizen of the world rather than an Australian now. Um, so thank <laughs> yeah. you very much for your time today.
1: And thank you too. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you.